This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him today. As you listen to us again, broadcasting on behalf of Laterno Center for Faith and Work right here in Dallas, Texas. What a great opportunity we've had to spend time with Bill Peel and so many people that he's connected with all over the community of Dallas and Fort Worth. And we're so grateful to tune in. And however you're hearing the show today, just know that we've prayed for you. We pray that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper for this message to resonate with you. And we're thankful that, you've, that you're listening. And we want you to let us know what you're thinking and how this is impacting you. Make sure you either contact us via our, our Facebook page our website, iWorkForHim.com. That's iWorkTheNumberForHim.com or our iWorkForHim listener line. That's right. So we have a listener line at 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And you can call there um, and leave us a message. Let us know if there's something that you want us to talk about or if you've been encouraged or challenged or have a question. But also every day we give away a book from our book sponsor. And so you can leave your information there and we can get that mailed out to you as well. So make sure to use it. That's right. And Bill Peel, as many times we fly through Dallas and we connect up with you and you provide us with phenomenal people to talk to and interview, today is no different. But before we get to our interview today, I really want to talk about Laterno University and Laterno Center for Faith and Work. That is the heart and passion about the way you've been raising your faith. Tell us about Laterno Center for Faith and Work. Well, the Center for Faith and Work was founded by this incredible university in East Texas. It's really the polytechnic Christian university in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, this idea that faith and work belong together has been part of the DNA of the university since it was founded in 1946 by its founder, R.G. Letourneau. And so we put together this, this center to really propagate and promote that idea that faith really works in the workplace and to help other people see that and to encourage other people and especially to encourage churches to join us in this because until the church kind of understands that they need to be discipling people for their whole life all week long not just sunday morning and not just for their personal relationship with christ i think you know the 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 impact you know of christianity continues to be a little bit blunted uh, here in the United States and, quite frankly, around the world. The workplace, we believe the workplace is the most influential place for the cause of Christ 
today and we we want more and more churches to join us in this in this project of helping people in the pew understand that they are the the carriers of the gospel out in the world and you've got resources galore on your website where do they find that absolutely they can go to centerforfaithandwork.com and in the search bar they can put church and all of our resources uh, to help churches understand how they can actually begin to do this within their congregation and in their church, uh, begin to actually disciple people uh, as whole life disciples of all of, for all of their life. Uh, they're all there and lots of lots of actually church models that are actually already doing this including Park City's Presbyterian Church where we are today where mm-hmm. I attend and around the country as well all right so why don't you introduce our guest today yeah I am excited uh, to introduce Blake Schwartz to you Blake runs our uh, our uh, our faith and work initiative here at Park City's Presbyterian Church and has since 2016. Uh, he's the director of PCPC at Work, as we call it. And Blake is a Wake Forest grad, and fortunately he found his way to Dallas. Uh, he's a Reformed Seminary grad, and uh, he came here as the dean of students at Cambridge uh, School, which is a classical Christian upper school, became the dean of students until we lured him over to, to work for us uh, a few years ago and began to help us take this idea of the integration of faith and work into uh, uh, to approach this in a much deeper, more intentional way in our church. Blake Schwartz, welcome to I Work For Him. All right, thank you. Excited to hear what you, how the Lord is moving in your life. Why don't you tell us first, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Wow, yeah, that's a, I'll, I'll try to give you the quickest version possible. Okay. But um, grew up in Houston, Texas, and um, my dad and his whole family's Jewish, and my mom was, I guess, a nominal Christian. And as we were, as we were growing up, I remember actually really early on, one of the uh, substitute teachers I had asked me a question. I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm half Jewish, half Christian. She looked at me like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not possible, right? <laughs> you know, like, you, like I, I just assume it's like being half German and half, you know, French or something like that. But yeah, so, so like, you know, that started some wheels turning, just, just, just her look and um, was asking questions and started digging in and um, long story short, one of, one of my best friends uh, traveled with his family abroad uh, for work, came back was going to a summer camp and said, I'll go if Blake goes with me. And uh, went, heard the gospel, and responded to it there. Mm-hmm. So summer before freshman year of high school. Wow. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So now you're a whole Jew and a whole Christian all at the same time. Yeah, something like that, yeah. that's so, could, But that's very, very cool. Yeah, now, so, were you, you, were, you were introduced to Christ. You come back uh, your freshman year of high school. How did that impact your mom and your dad? Yeah, well, that's... Um, that actually is one of the things that really drove me into the faith and work conversation is when I, when I started talking with my dad about the gospel, one of the first things he said to me was, um, Blake, I'm really glad you found something that, that works for you. You know, he's a great boomer father, loves, loves his kids, really cares for us. Um, but I can't tell you how many times, and he's a businessman in Houston, that somebody's invited me to ex-church for an evangelism something and then cheated me in a business deal Mm. in 
either before that or after that in, in, in the six months. And I, I realized that real estate is, there's a lot of gray in real estate deals, but um, that was his strongest apologetic against the faith mm-hmm. from, you know, I'd been a Christian, what, f- two months at that point? So. Mm-hmm. Wow, and that story gets repeated time and time again, but it's because Christ followers have never most Christ followers have never been discipled on connecting their faith in their work yeah. and knowing that business isn't different than being a Christian. Yeah. I mean, because I was discipled by a lot of, like probably just a lot of like those those guys that uh, screwed your dad on a business deal. I was discipled business is business yeah. and church is church, but they don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah. That, that I was discipled by a couple of deacons that way. So, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're, your dad. So the story now, he's seen you walk with the Lord for a number of years. Did your, has your father come to Christ yet? No, he hasn't. He's still so, holding out. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But you're, but he's still watching you, Blake. You know that for sure. Yeah. So it's fun. I get to, I'm actually going to go see him this weekend. So excited oh, about fantastic. that. Well, you know, there, there's many Jews that go, well, you're a follower of the Nazarene, but I'm just, you know, it's like, that's right. But one day, just remember my savior is a Jew. I love that <laughs> Jewish carpenter. All right. So how did you, the Lord started prompting in you because of your dad, this, this interest in kind of helping Christ followers connect their faith and their work. How, what what was one of those things? I mean, you went through college, you went to Wake Forest. I mean, was there things you got trained in college or in seminary that helped you with this idea? Well, one of, one of my best friends in high school's dad gave me a copy of Willard's, the divine conspiracy, my senior year, kind of going into second semester, senior year. And, you know, second semester seniors in high school are, and um, not really doing much academic work at that time. But uh, I think I read Willard's Divine Conspiracy maybe in one sitting. I mean, and just that whole, like the way he unfolds and discusses the kingdom of God just changed my perspective on a lot of things. And um, so that, that, that really opened me up to seeing a connection between my conversation with my father a few years prior and um, and what God is up to in the world. So when you graduated from college, you moved into the education world. Mm-hmm. As a dean of students, how did you help those high school, middle school and high school students to understand that everything they were learning had to do with the gospel and the kingdom? Yeah, so I mean, part of part of the philosophy of education at Cambridge where I was, was a focus on the integration of faith and learning, that that. And it's it's really the same conversation I'm doing now, just the integration of faith and work. Students are learning. Um, once you graduate from school, you're working. And um, so I, I had the fortunate role of teaching history and theology there. So it was much easier than maybe some of the other some of the other teachers who were who had to, had to integrate faith and in literature or but yet or that science. was a part of the culture at that school. Oh, absolutely. It's- yeah. Um, well, shout, that was, shout out for that because that's wonderful. Yeah. So I'll actually be speaking at their graduation. So the last class that I worked with mm. will be coming. Talking about PC, PC at work. Martha, we got Blake Schwartz in here. I had a feeling that maybe you had a question for him, but I kind of cut you guys off right before the break. You were talking to him about well, what's I going just, on. I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that you were saying that the school that you were at, yeah. integrating their faith in their learning and faith in their life was was part of the core value it sounds like for that school yeah i mean that was that that was why we existed okay so 
And that's just fabulous because it is a dream of Jim and I that there will become a generation someday that never needs to learn about integration, that it is natural. As much as they don't have to think about windows and, you know, tabs on the computer, you know, that's all natural to them, whereas generations in the past had to learn. We, our prayer They're is an that, education that, environment. They don't think about windows. They're thinking about apples. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how apples work. So, Blake, a few years ago, you made this big move from education, which I know you love, yeah. to working in the church in this area of faith and work. What what actually prompted that? Well, I have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, and I like doing things that nobody else is doing, <laughs> right? So when, when I see a need, nobody else is willing to address it, uh, there's something inside me that is that is willing to sort of take that risk and try mm-hmm. it, and um, and so I feel I, it, it became obvious that this was needed at our church, and we needed somebody to to do it. So I started as a volunteer, and that was that was a lot of work on top of being the dean and and doing that, but but really equipping the first class of fellows. So we'll talk about that. Talk about what was you were volunteering to do what. So I was volunteering to run the first cohort we ran. Uh, we, we're we not going to use big words here in our work room because we're sim- I'm a simple guy. So a cohort sounds like naughty people doing <laughs> naughty things. Okay. But that is not what you mean, I'm sure. <laughs> the okay. cohorts that Jim was We're not going to use educational yeah, yeah. words here. <laughs> All right. The rest of us are going, hmm. Okay. So cohorting going on here at so, PCPC. Okay. So we, a, a group of us went up to Redeemer Presbyterian Church to see what they were doing with their Gotham Fellows program and how they were equipping leaders in their church yes. uh, to to integrate the faith in the work, to really to really think through their role in the city in all spheres of life. And one of the things that we learned from David Kim and Catherine while we were up there was start with a class of leaders. So don't don't start with the ministry itself. Actually equip and train a group of leaders first and uh, and see where that goes and see sort of what what sparks in their minds and hearts and imaginations. I want to hit a couple of those people. David Kim wrote the Faith and Work uh, Study Bible, which we've given away right here in I Work for him. Mm-hmm. An incredible guy and an incredible resource. If you want to see all of your faith and work put together in one spot and a lot of inspiration on a daily basis, the Faith and Work Study Bible, a great one. And Catherine Leary Alsdorf, been on the show many times, incredible uh, lady who has uh, who has moved on to do more fellows programs in other parts of the country. Yep, that's right. Um, and so anyway, just looking at, at, at hearing, hearing their wisdom, we started with one cohort that were 16 fellows and those mostly from Park Seas Presbyterian Church, one of the pastors recruited them and asked me to come, come and teach it. So w- w- tell us about PCPC at work. Tell mm-hmm. us about, you know, you're, you're a few years down the road, so you've, you've probably had some, um, uh, le- left turns and right turns as you've gone down the uh, the, the narrow path. What? Why did Park Cities say this is what we want Blake Schwartz doing? Well, I think the the vision of our church and the, the the current vision of our church coming out of its its founding mission, which is to extend the transforming presence of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ to Dallas and to the world, and really focusing on what does it mean to extend the presence of Jesus in Dallas. So that's that's the thing that we have been praying for, praying for our people, and uh, really seeking the Lord's face and how to do that well. And one of the ways that's manifested in the first vision of our church has been was church planting. 
And so really planting churches all over uh, the southwest of the United States and abroad. The way it's manifesting now is a, is a, is a more clear focus on our city. And what does it mean to, to be thinking about really equipping our, our, our people to extend the presence of Christ in our city? So, and the workplace is the obvious, mm. obvious place where many go. Yeah. I've been uh, attending this church since 2005, and when I arrived, I found a host of incredible leaders here who really understood and were pri- really trying to follow Christ in their workplace. But the church wasn't actually overtly working working at that. And so we started a conversation back then about this. But it wasn't until uh, one of the staff people uh, who was actually on staff, one of our associate pastors, really got this kind of bee in his bonnet that, hey, we do really need to be serious about this, that we started getting some traction on this idea of actually bringing this ministry inside the church officially. And I think that was a really important move. Uh, It wasn't a bunch of people, you know, pointing their fingers at pastors and saying, hey, you ought to do this. Uh, This was something that I think uh, really came from the inside of the church, which was a result of a lot of prayer and conversations. But uh, that was was really important to understand. And anybody that might be listening to this program, you know, as as a business person, thinking about, gee, I wish my church would do this, really needs to be very prayerful and thoughtful about how they approach pastors and let them let them actually see the incredible ministry that the people in the pew are going to have, you know, the moment they walk out the back door or the front door of the church into their into their mission field. And Blake Schwartz, you're willing to have that conversation with pastors across the United States, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have at least one of those conversations a week. A week. Well, what if we could arrange, because of this radio show, for you to have one of those a day? How cool would it be for PCPC at work to be influencing churches across the United States just to let pastors know how important the equipping of Christ followers in their workplace really is as a ministry uh, to a church? So I've been actually freed up by by the leadership of this church to do things like be made to flourish as city director here in Dallas and and be able to spend a portion of my time doing that so we would we would love that 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 fits the mission of extending how do people get a hold of you we're going to plug this a couple times during the show so that if somebody listening says hey i really want to find out more about how we can bring intentional discipleship into our church for christ followers in their workplace how do they get a hold of blake schwarz so the easiest way is to email me uh, blake b-l-a-k-e dot schwarz s-c-h-w-a-r-z at pcpc.org what if they want to call you though <laughs> what if people don't know how to email? I mean, come He's on. Young. If they're a millennial, they're not going to they're not going to email you. They're going to go, "I don't email. I need to text him." Yeah. Um I honestly don't even know my work number with the extension there. So <laughs> it's Okay, <laughs> just email. <laughs> email works well. Uh Yeah, so the number of the church is 214-224-2803. And just ask for Blake Schwartz. Yep. There you go. Okay. So, let's talk about PCPC at work. Because I really want people to get a feel for what is this really going on. Because you've been, this has been going on now for several years, mm-hmm. and you've got several different components to this. They talk about the overall, um, I, I just, I don't even know how to explain it. Just, I mean, tell us what your overall vision is. Well, it's you got a church of how many people? 
I got shirts of roughly 5,000. And how many of those are involved in a job on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> how many of them have work to do every day? Well, all of them. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. That was just a test question. Yeah. Test question for the youngest guy in the I room wish, today. I yeah. wish the visual could have gone with yeah. that because that was a great face. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what's the overall goal with PCPC yeah. at work? Well, I, I think the overall goal is to not exist as, as a faith and work mm. ministry. That, that what oh, we're doing hammer is... Hammer that down right there. Is, that was a great line. Is, is, is for the faith and the work conversation, for this integrated discipleship model to be to be in our youth ministry and our men's ministry and our women's ministry and be coming from the pulpit on Sunday mornings in such a way that there is no need for a standalone mm. ministry. And that is, that is by far the, the overarching goal of, of this. When I first had a conversation with, with one of the pastors here about coming on staff, I, you know, I kind of put in place like, okay, I think this is like a five-year plan. Uh, and he laughed at me. He was like, "Yeah, you're going to steer the ship in five years." Um, <laughs> but, but sort of the idea of, I, I think we needed a faith and work ministry to actually have the presence to start the conversation mm-hmm. and and shape the conversation. But long term, I hope that that there is no need for it. That we're kind of doing leadership development on the side, and it's integrated into the way we talk about everything. Bill Peel, you told me yesterday as we walked these hallowed hallways at Park City's Presbyterian Church of how you guys once set a goal to plant 150 churches by 2020, but you accomplished this goal, exceeded the goal by 2010. Blake's saying in five years he wants to be able to be out of a job, that PCPC at work work doesn't need to exist. Is your church ready for that? Well, I think it is, and I've seen incredible things happen. Just I can say over the last five years since this conversation has really gotten serious within the leadership of the church, we hear about this all the time. There is not a Sunday that goes by where we are, where I don't hear something about the workplace in the pulpit, uh, from in our men's Bible studies, uh, almost everywhere I go, I'm hearing some application about faith and work now, which is awesome. Laterno Center, Center for Faith and Work is a great resource for everybody listening to access incredible resources out there to help you connect what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5. Centerforfaithandwork.com, centerforfaithandwork.com. Bill Peel, why don't you reintroduce our conversation for today? Hey, we're talking about why it's important for the church to really understand how they can disciple people for the workplace or for whole life discipleship. We're talking about the four walls church because we talk about the church all day long. Now you're talking about the the church within the the four walls. The the group that comes together. And uh, I have uh, one of of our staff members here who runs our internal faith and work ministry at PCPC Blake's Wars. Blake, I love the conversation we're having here today. And I love the, the introduction of the conversation at PCPC at work. But you mentioned, not but, but you mentioned an organization called Made to Flourish in the last segment. And we've highlighted Made to Flourish a couple times on the air. But why don't you talk about Made to Flourish, what it's about, and how it's impacted Park City's Presbyterian Church? Well, Made to Flourish is primarily a pastor's network. So Made to Flourish, they exist to equip pastors to carry this faith and work conversation on in their in their own church, in their own congregation. And they have a series of a network of directors all over the country, um, people that are doing this in churches to encourage other pastors in the area. So one of the 
one of the things I do just in part of my time is uh, play that role of gathering pastors all over the city of Dallas to to have these conversations, bring somebody in. How do those them. conversations go? Because to some pastors, this is an extraordinarily new conversation. Yeah. Well, the the most recent one we had was was really awesome. We had uh, Matt Brown from from New York come down, and Matt was he has thought very deeply about how you talk about faith and work in all aspects of liturgy on a Sunday morning and how you bring it in and what the role is. And here in Dallas, Texas, we've got a lot of Bible churches. Liturgy is not something that... That's like mo- saying you, the desert's got a lot of sand. Yeah, yeah. So so, so liturgy is not something that, that people tend to think about very much. Um, but he did a really excellent job kind of walking through classic components of liturgy where they fit and and how we should be thinking about them to to steer this conversation hmm. and really really just to connect with with what our people are feeling day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Okay. So getting back to the conversation of PCPC at work here at Park City's Presbyterian Church, you have been developing this program now and Really, what you said in the last segment is you're developing a program that you hope one day is completely unnecessary because it's become part of the DNA of the organization. Talk about how it is being executed here at Park City's Presbyterian Church. So at its at its most basic level, we have we host a series of lunches that just open the conversation up to to the average member in our church. We call it the Church in the City Lunch Series. But really what that does is that either invites an outside speaker to come in or maybe some someone from our church who's been doing this really well or thinking about it really well to, to stand up and give a testimony about how they are integrating their faith. Uh, so our most recent one, we had uh, football coach Randy Allen, who's head football coach at Holland Park High School just down the street, and he just won the state championship. And he wrote a book called Coaching Look, by the that's Book. That's a big deal in yeah, Texas. Yeah, it is, it is a really big deal. Football is a big deal yeah. in Texas. So, so he's actually back-to-back state champion coach. And um, uh, they've had they've had a really great run these last few years. But he, he wrote a book a few years ago, Coaching by the Book, which is the title is a playoff mm-hmm. of Business by the Book, and mm-hmm. really just thinking through how to do his job faithfully. And has done an has done an excellent job with that, and and so we gave an opportunity for him to stand up and and sort of share what what's his heart behind coaching and why is he why is he doing it, and so that that serves as an opportunity to just spark people's imagination, starting the conversation, mm-hmm. and then then from there other things spin off. So we've had a pastor teach a, a six week just integration of faith and work class as a follow up. We've had uh, Bill Hendricks. We're, we're really blessed here in Dallas. We've got a lot of great people around and connected to PCPC. But we had Bill Hendricks come in and teach a calling workshop and kind of go through all of his, his book, The Person Called You, and go through that with uh, with our people. We've um, been thinking through just a variety of other workshops to, to help people do that. So tell us about the Pegasus Fellows Program. Yeah, so the Pegasus Fellows Program is is modeled off of Redeemer's Gotham Fellows Program. It's a, it's a nine-month intensive discipleship program that's, that really exists to ask the question, what does it mean to integrate my faith into all of life and to develop as a leader to actually apply that faith out in the world? And so we run that. Probably the average age going through it right now is about 32. We've had, uh, it was initially conceived 
to equip our body. So that first cohort I talked about four years mm-hmm. ago, there were 16 fellows. I want to say 14 of them were members of Park City's Presbyterian Church, and then two were friends mm-hmm. um, of, of members. Now, I think there were nine churches in this in this current year wow. represented. And uh, that's that's great. So it's not just for your people. Yeah. So it started as, as something where we were really serving our people, but but people are inviting their friends mm-hmm. at other churches and coming in. And that's been a really beautiful thing that, that I think even if the faith and work ministry internally ceases to exist, that that leadership development will need to continue in sure. some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. But what it's doing, and this was, this is just a side effect that we weren't planning on. What it's doing is it's actually creating a network of working professionals across churches who now trust one another because they spent a year together as opposed to, well, we go to this church or we go to that church or we're the Presbyterians or Methodist or Anglicans. But now they, they're they beginning to build a network of trusting yeah, one let another. Baptists in? Uh, there's Baptists too. There's, oh, a, lot of, there, 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 there's a lot of Baptists around okay. here. Bill Peel, this is something that you have had a big hand in helping get started here at Park City. This is, this is at the core of your being. Well, it really is, and it's so important to for the churches to begin to understand this. And uh, I, again, I just want to say we have such incredible uh, leaders here, you know, in, that sit in the pews that have have been practicing this for years and years and years. And it's really been gratifying to see uh, how how often faith and work is addressed now in our. In, in all our public gatherings here. But uh, what Blake is doing with the Pegasus program is really taking this way beyond our own congregation, which is a beautiful thing. And I, I think this is going to have major repercussions, you know, in churches all over the city of Dallas and eventually all over the workplaces in Dallas as well. Well, and that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about impact in the community for Christ, and we're going to do that one disciple at a time. Yeah. And, and if you have a business owner, you know, and, and they're, you know, the average business owner not only has 10 to 20 employees, but he has somewhere between 1,000 and 5,000 impacts in the community on a yearly basis. I mean, the numbers are pretty big. So how, how do you measure success? What, is, what does success look like for PCPC at work? Yeah, so I think, you know, probably the things I'm most excited about are when a business owner comes and I've had, a, I've gotten to have a couple of these conversations and says, all right, I want to redo everything. Let's, let's sit down. Let's put a plan in place. Let's, let's change the way we are. We're going to do auto sales or run this plaster company or uh, invest or whatever, whatever the case may be. But those, those, those are the most exciting conversations for me is when, is when somebody calls and says, help me think through how to, how to reorganize everything. Hmm. So Blake, can you talk to us about why you think it's so important for churches and pastors to address faith at work and the issues? Well, I mean, it's the, it's the most practical point of the gospel at, at one level. Ooh, say that again really slowly. So it, it, is, it is the <laughs> most practical point of the gospel. It's where, it's where people are living day in and day out. And it's, it's the opportunity for the gospel to make sense to them. And it's also the opportunity for them to, to, to live out the principles of the gospel uh, where they've been called, where they're spending their time, where the Lord has placed them. The, the, the beauty of that all also is in passages like Leviticus 19, 
uh, probably one of the most, I think one of the most important passages in all of Scripture, which is where Jesus is quoting, love your neighbor as yourself. At the beginning of that passage, the first, the first thing that's listed in this sort of section that's about, that's going to culminate with, I'm the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself, is this discussion of the gleaning laws. And I'm convinced that if we want to love our neighbor, the foundation of that in God's mind is where we work. And you see that in that passage and what it means to actually love and serve your neighbor. So. I was just reading the book of Ruth last night, and you talk yeah. about gleaning. I mean, what an incredible ministry that was yeah. when Boaz let Ruth glean. Yeah. So I want to go back to the Made to Flourish conversation just for a moment so sure. that people understand that this is peer-to-peer. This is pastor-to-pastor saying, mm-hmm. I've learned something I want you to learn, mm-hmm. and the value of that. Um, and the impact of my church. And the impact that it has on the people in yep. the pew, um, if you want to say it that way. I know a lot of churches don't have pews anymore, but I think we people do. get it, you know. Um, but Ooh, just, you guys still have pews. Oh, wow. I love okay. that. So um, how, what does that conversation look like? When you, you know, when you, you went back, you said that even you're having lunches, you're doing different things. Um, when you start to talk about the gospel in those simple terms and saying, God, you know, there's so much evidence of being in the workplace when Jesus was in, you know, doing ministry, um, how, what turns the light bulb on for for a pastor? You know, it's 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 really different for just about everybody. Um, we've had a number of pastors coming from uh, Hispanic churches in the area, and one of the consistent themes that they run into is sort of the second generation immigrant, okay, who's grown up no longer. You know, they're probably still bilingual, but don't really want to be in a bilingual church. And the way their church is is having the conversation really centered around family is not is not keeping that population in church, and they're actually leaving and going to to different churches that are that are having that conversation more fully. And so, I mean, there's there, there's that one practical level for them of wanting to keep their community together and realizing that they need a fuller discussion of the gospel to actually do that, to address the, the needs of their people. So, <laughs> That was a great question. I yeah. love that question. PCPC at work right here in Dallas, Texas. This is a ministry that we'd love to see you guys multiply and replicate in your local church body, no matter where it is around the globe. Of course, this all has been arranged by Bill Peel from Laterno Center for Faith and Work. Bill Peel, we're talking about what's going on in your church. Did you have anything to do with this? Well, a little bit. I've been fanning the flame here for a while, and uh, I am so excited. With a 70-horsepower <laughs> fan, of course. <laughs> well, maybe so, and maybe sometimes it was a little too forceful. But uh, God's been gracious, and we've seen some incredible things happen here. And I am so excited uh, that Blake's, uh, not only what, what Blake is doing here, but also in this Made to Flourish ministry. Uh, I do want to say one thing, though, about this, that Made to Flourish isn't in every community right. yet, no, although yet. they have lots of resources online. But I want to just, if if there's a pastor listening to this, uh, if they would go to our website at centerforfaithandwork.com and just in the search bar push, put the number 15 
There are 15 things that a pastor can do to start this conversation in their workplace that are just that are very easy to begin with, and then you can get to more hard things. But don't wait for somebody to come to your community. Uh, make this make this make this start right now and and get started. In this besides going to the to the made to flourish right. made to uh, flourish website, dot org made yep. to flourish dot org. All right, Blake Schwartz, here's a question for you. I told, I told you I was going to ask you this question. All right, what are your dreams for PCPC at work? But wait, here's, here's the real, here's my real burning question. Okay, you went to Wake Forest, which I don't know about Wake Forest. I just know that I couldn't get into Wake Forest with my grades. Okay, you went to Wake, right? You went to Wake Forest? Is that what it was? Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right. And, and you went to Reform Seminary, yet your ministry all day long is to business people. Where did that come from? Because most pastors going to seminary don't come out going, I'm going to disciple business people. Well, I think a lot of it came back to reading Willard and his discussion of the kingdom of God and understanding the kingdom of God. And I mean, passages throughout all of Scripture, whether it's Ephesians 1 or Revelation 21 or Colossians 1, about Christ is preeminent over all things. He's redeeming all things. He's renewing all things. Um, and he talked a lot about the kingdom. And he talked a lot about the kingdom. Very little about the church, much more about the kingdom. Much, much more. Um, and so just realizing that that's, that, that that's where all of this plays out. And so, yeah, that's that's just been my heart from the beginning. And so whether or not that was in school and in training people to think about the integration of faith and, and their learning or, or here now, the continuation of that integration of faith and in the workplace. Okay. So what's the dreams for PCPC at work? And by the way, can that be found online? Is there like a website PCPC at work or? It's, it, it's part of the PCPC.org and then a subset of that would at be. dash work. Uh, you'd have to search for it. But That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yes. I got it right here. PCPC.org. And then you just look. Yeah. I was just testing. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's his job. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> or they can just get a hold of you. Blake.Schwarz, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z at PCPC.org. That's correct. All right. So what's your dreams for what's, what's coming next? Well, as I said earlier, I think, I think the dream is for it to be fully integrated into the rest of what our church is doing. And so for there not to be a need for a faith and work ministry. So how does that actually play out? Um, I think it, it, at many levels. One is that it's it's fully integrated into our youth ministry. So before our students are, are heading off to college, that they are equipped to think about how the gospel relates to their work, their calling, before they choose a major, before they decide what they're going to do for a career, that we're, that we're giving them an understanding of the kingdom of God and their role in that uh, before they head down that road. Then I think it's it's integration into the rest of our ministries. So men's ministry, women's ministry, also missions. I think is is really key to that. And the gleaning laws I think play a role mm-hmm. in uh, the way we think about urban missions or just loving our city well. So, mm-hmm. every, in, in my opinion, and Bill and I have talked about this many times, every Christ follower needs to go to a developing nation or a third world country to see true poverty so they can appreciate what they have here because it is a paradigm shift that makes them look at business in the marketplace so differently. Yeah. It's incredible. So you, so let's just say you work yourself out of a job here at Park City's Presbyterian Church and, and it becomes part of the DNA of everything that goes on here. Well, what's next for Blake Schwartz then? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of things that, I, that I'm particularly interested in. Um, one of them is I actually do think there's going to be 
a new wave of church plants, and PCBC's got a DNA of, of planting churches. 178, actually, yeah. to date. Yeah. Which, which is, is more than the parking spaces we, yeah. you told us. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So that's more amazing. than the parking spaces we have. Um, the, I, I think this next wave of churches is going to look a little bit more like the classic monastery. And 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 oh, you have to explain. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, I know. Um, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm still working a bunch on of guys the, in brown robes at the top of a mountain with no electricity in a really cold uh, stone-faced building. So think more of the Benedictine order that had a very simple call of of work, prayer, and study. And and really, what they were doing is they were laying the foundation for living an integrated life. They just happened to live in an agricultural society. And and I think there needs to be a new model mode of church planting that is planting churches that are focused on this integrated life in a modern economy. So what does that actually look like in Dallas, Texas? And I, I think it looks like planting churches. So there's a neighborhood here. Uh, there's about 40,000 residents in uptown Dallas. There is not an Orthodox church in that that zone. So 40,000 residents. It's the most walkable community in our city. So not a Bible teaching church in that whole community? Is that what you're talking about? That is that is what my research has said. Okay. You haven't so walked it yourself. I, I've walked most of it. I haven't walked every street. Okay. Um, but in, in, in terms of like online research and study, the city of Dallas tracks where churches are and you can look in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and it says no results. Um, so so there's, that does not see, seem to exist there. That community is a it is a live work play community, and we need churches that I think are actually running into that. Hmm. And so, what does that look like? My vision, my vision right now is that it looks like taking some of these models of co working spaces and inserting the prayer rhythms that like the Benedictine monks would have had. So think we work in a church that starts the day with a 15-minute service, breaks for lunch with a 15-minute service, closes down at the end of the day with a 15-minute service, integrating the spiritual disciplines all along the way hmm. uh, and encouraging that. I think, I think we are so out of the habit in our modern economy of being able to hop in the car, drive across the city, um, work in a community that our wives and children know nothing about, that this integration... And needs to be brought back to people's lives. And so that model, I think, is something like that model. I don't know. It doesn't really exist, but, so, but I think something like that needs so to happen. So between the 15-minute breaks, there's work going on in that same space. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so it would be really cool if you could get like an old Gothic church, right, that, that no longer exists as a church, and in that sanctuary have the co-working space, right, mm-hmm. that, could, that could turn over really quickly. But you could so. do it just as easily in an old warehouse, though, too. Yeah, you could. Um, there's something about well, historic sacred. You can put fake rock walls everywhere and make it look <laughs> that way. Yeah, but there's something there's something about a space that was that was used for worship or has been used for worship for a long time. Uh, I, I believe God's presence, right, is. He's been he's been asked into that place for a hundred years. Well, there's something about right. redeeming space too. Yeah. If there's actually yeah. not worship happening yeah. in a in a church you know that's that's heartbreaking at, yeah. at its point yeah. do we have time to 
Probably okay. not. So Blake Schwarz, <laughs> I want to thank you for drawing attention to PCPC at work. And I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you, pcpc.org. And they can get a hold of you at blake.schwarz, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z at pcpc.org. Blake, I know that Bill has one more thing he wants to say, and I want to give him the last yep. word. Well, I just want to, Blake, thank you so much for, for what you've done here. Uh, I, I want you, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to have him on again and actually talk about what his dreams are for actually creating work and creating jobs uh, that uh, go forward from here, too. Because Blake's, Blake's vision is not just for the church. It is for the entire community and how you actually, how the Christian faith actually begins to address poverty and uh, the poor as well. Amen. Blake, you got 20 seconds. Go ahead, give us that vision. <laughs> well, yeah, in the 22nd version, Dallas has had unprecedented economic growth in the last 10 years compared to the rest of the country. Yet the country's childhood poverty rate is 19% and ours is 30%. Hmm. And so I believe that that growth has probably been unjust growth in the biblical model. And so really the next phase of this is the integration in a way that brings justice, mercy, and Perfect. Blake Schwartz, thank you so much for being on iWork for him today. All right. Thank you. Bill Peel, nice job again. Great guest. Really appreciate you. Bill Peel, Eternal Center for Faith and Work. Thank you, Bill. Very good. You Thumbs up. Thank you so right. much. It was, it was great. It's always fun to be in Dallas, Texas. You've been listening to iWork for him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.